What's up, guys? Welcome to Bully Visions, the bully behind the breeder. You guys, this is our first episode. So excited for our special guest that we have this evening. And I am excited that this is our first episode. So definitely uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and also check our link in the bio for the podcast link so you guys can stay up to date we're gonna have a lot of amazing stuff on this um podcast so uh with further ado i'm your host savannah and i have my special guest with me today he is an amazing doctor at south buffalo springs animal hospital so i'd like you guys to welcome my special guest dr vine hello 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 (laughs) just want to first and foremost say thank you for having me a part of this journey, especially with this being the first episode. I am excited and I am honored to be here. Thank you for being on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dr. Vine, yes, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background, where you come from, you know, give us an insight on who is Dr. Vine. All right, well, first and <laughs> foremost, like she said, I'm Dr. Vine, Chris Vine, uh, originally from Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest of six kids. Um, I've always known that I wanted to be a veterinarian since I was little. It was kind of one of those passions that chose me at a young age. Um, This was always the plan. I have not had a plan B, so this had to work. I'm glad it did because I'm here now as a doctor. So right, you're like, (laughs) oh, I got lucky because I didn't have a plan B. Yeah, yeah. So I'm here. I'm here. That's awesome. Okay. And um, so you said you're from Texas. Mm Um, what college did you go to? What school did you go to? For my undergrad, I went to Langston University, which is located in uh, Langston, Oklahoma. And then I went to Tuskegee University, which is located in Alabama for vet school, as well as where I got my master's in animal science. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know that I cannot say that word. Tuskegee? No, I refuse <laughs> to say it because yeah. I feel like I butcher it every yeah, It's all good. It's all good. When you when you go there, you have to say it so much that it just rolls off the tongue. But okay. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting word. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. I know. So I also work at the clinic, guys. And uh, um, I've been at South Buffalo for four years. So when uh, Dr. Vine came, it's also, actually also the same school, you guys, that Dr. Bivens went to as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that word <laughs> i'm always like um when dr vine started they're like oh what's cool i'm like uh I, I, i'm not even gonna try to butcher you, you it say, you just say to you T, there you go yeah, i'm gonna start say saying that there you go because we still get a lot of people that ask mm-hmm. what school did you go to mm-hmm. yeah, TU. there you go guys tu that's what i'm going with so <laughs> um so how what, siblings are they all in vet med too, or is it just you? Just me. Um, they, my siblings are kind of like all over the place when it comes to careers. Okay. Some of them are uh, interested in working with children. Some of them, one of my sisters just got into nursing school, so oh, she's nice. going uh, to nursing school. Uh, a couple of them are kind of like just in and out of jobs. And okay. uh, I know my brother, he has a degree in engineering, I believe. So oh, nice. I'm the only, I'm not going to say the only animal lover, but I'm the only one that pursued a uh, career with in, animals. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you get to do what you love to do and also, you know, exactly. be in the, in, the, yep. in the vet field. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what brought you to Vegas? What, how'd you get over here to Vegas all the way from over there? Honestly, Dr. Bivens. Um, so for those that don't know, Dr. Bivens worked with NAVE, which has a, a group where they recruit students that are like third or fourth year vet students. Um, one of my mentors slash professors, Dr. Pamela Guy, she's very close with NAVE. And she told me like, hey, your third year, 
I'm going to send you out to the NAVE group so you can rotate some lo- some um, clinics out there to see if you want to, you know, move to Vegas. And at first I was kind of reluctant because I always was like, you know, I want to move back to Texas after vet school. Texas is where it's at. That's where my heart is, is where home is. Um, but she, she, I trusted her. So I was like, okay, you know. So December of my third year, I came out here. We rotated uh, clinics. For those that don't know, NAVE owns like 18 clinics. Um, and I rotated a few of them. And then when I went to South Buffalo, I automatically knew, okay, if I come to Vegas, this is exactly where I'll go. I, Bivens kind of put a put some some um, confusion in my head because it's like I always thought I was going to go to Texas. And when I came to South Buffalo and seeing Dr. Bivens and the vibe and how he ran the clinic and I'm big on repro. I really like reproduction and how well he was at he was at repro and just his vibe alone, like the culture, the fact that he was young. It wasn't your traditional type of clinic. And I was like, OK. Now I really have some thinking to do because um, I don't know if I want to go to Texas now because I would love to come out here with Dr. Bivens. So after I interned in Houston at SciFair with Dr. Blue, Dr. Levine and Dr. Ross, uh, for those that don't know, they have the vet life on um, TV. Mm-hmm. They were great as well. And it and, and Dr. Blue and Dr. Bivens are super close. They, they were like brothers. Yes. They act alike. They run the clinic alike. And that made it even more hard for me to realize or, mm-hmm. under, or think about where I wanted to go. But after just having some talks and, you know, just really, you know, crunching down the pros and the cons, I knew that Dr. Bivens was where I would want to go. And plus, even with me not giving uh, Dr. Bivens my my um, decision, he would text me like maybe once every other week. You ready to come and work? You ready to come and work? You ready to come and work? <laughs> We're ready for you to come on board, Doc. We're ready for you to come on the team. Mm-hmm. And just like him you know being that that persistent it really showed like dang like he really wants me there and i and i that was one of those places that i would really like to go so after i came back and did another intern uh internship at south buffalo that was my confirmation like okay vegas is where i want to go so and ever since then i've been working here um and i loved it uh i don't regret it at all um dr bivens confirmed everything for me when it came to making my decision so that's awesome to piggyback off of um, how he was like, oh, when you coming to work, when you coming mm-hmm. to work, it was like a really tight, like moment where we were like short staffed, mm-hmm. like a lot of doctors at South Buffalo. So mm-hmm. we were always like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We had, you know, a lot of doctors were moving, you know, like you came from far, mm-hmm. homesick, left, you know, a lot of them went home. Mm-hmm. So we were like, what are we going to do? And I remember specifically Dr. Bivens telling me, oh, I got I got some amazing doctors coming. You guys are going to like these ones. Oh, my gosh. You're going to like it, he was hyping us up for yeah, sure. But yeah. then we were, for a minute, we were like, well, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, when they coming? Because, uh, you know, yeah, yeah we sure staff. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy because he I man, I remember those times he was he was literally in and out of rooms, like doing everything a lot mm-hmm. alone for a good minute because. Yeah. You know, we were so short of staff, but, um, also to piggyback off of that, um, I remember my son who also works at South Buffalo, you guys, um, he is a vet assistant now, but was in kennel, I think at the time that you came to visit, I think no, at one point. Yeah. yeah. How so you were first interning. met Leo. Yeah. 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 So you, <laughs> you first met Leo and I just remember, I don't know, he's probably going to kill me for this, but <laughs> he was so stoked he was yeah. like, oh my god mom i met uh the doctors are gonna come work for for bibs he's like they're so cool like this you know and my if you guys know my son mo- most of you that 
probably will hear this and and if you don't know my son is so easy to get along with mm-hmm. like he has a vibe that yeah. just everybody kind of like yeah like so for me it was like I, I was like, well, how cool are these doctors? Because, mm-hmm. you know, but I know that my, my kid makes good choices mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. aspect and he really does fill out the vibes. Yeah. So when he said that, I was like, they got to be dope, mm-hmm. especially Bivens, too. He's yeah. hyping us up. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're all right. Yeah, I remember that you're boy right. Leo. When I, no, I, <laughs> I, I like to, because of Leo and everybody else, I can, I can, I can toot my own horn, you know, because uh, I remember like, it was no awkward stage with Leo. Yeah. Like he literally came up to me like we've been on each other. Like it was legit. Like what's up, bro? I'm like what's up? <laughs> Ever since like it legit was like family day one. It wasn't like no hesitation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no like he's not shy. You know mm-hmm. he was not shy that day at all. Mm-hmm. So that confirmed even more. Like okay, doctor working on the doctor Bivens is gonna be dope. Now he got some staff that's dope to mm-hmm. work with. I'm like this is just getting more more and more confirming for me so yeah yeah that boy leo he if anything he made it even more welcoming than you know just bivens alone so that's cool that's really really cool i'm really excited to have you there i think um and then for most of you that don't know that and if you do know dr bivens was our head doctor at south buffalo springs and he has passed on um to the gates of heaven and has left us here with some amazing doctors which we are grateful for so um thank you for still being here and not leaving us alone of course not. of course not <laughs> but um, keep the legacy alive. yeah we got to keep him alive yeah, for so sure, for sure. this is amazing that you get to experience um what he has left behind and you guys get to continue that journey so mm-hmm. that's really really dope and i'm glad that my son got to get to know him close oh, yeah. and you oh, guys yeah. got to you know mm-hmm. get bond and now yeah. Yeah. all i hear about is vine and yeah. <laughs> and uh and uh Dr. Cooley Breeze over yeah, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, Swedenberg. yeah, yeah, Swedenberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate so, it for real. Like, nice. y'all are the... The staff at South Buffalo are so dope. According to these two, you know, I mean, they know that they dope. I ain't got to, you know, say too much <laughs> about them. But, you know, Leo being welcome. I see when I met his mom... I knew where he got his welcoming spirit from because she was welcoming day one, been feeding me, you know, looking out for me. Like, that's the mom. That's my mom for real, you know. That's my work mom. So, like, it's just, it's an honor also just, like, not only working with y'all, but doing this podcast. So, when you told me that you was really doing it, I was like, I'm on board, man. I'm on board Thank because you. I know this is something that Bivens would have liked. I know this is something that is going to help out the uh, bully community as well. So, I'm excited to see where y'all take off with this as well. Awesome. So, well, yeah. we hope to have you on this continued journey of because course. this is what it's going to be about, guys. Mm-hmm. We're here to educate breeders. We're here to continue his journey, his legacy. Um, this is something that, like, we talked about with Bivens. We did have a episode, which happened to be our first episode as well, um, that was set. We were going to do. He had already sent me some pictures, which I still have. <laughs> oh, but I'm like... Uh, so I want to continue that, you yeah, know, and I, sure. and I think having amazing doctors that we can put the word out there, you guys can spread your knowledge a little mm-hmm. bit, whatever little bit of knowledge that you spread with somebody can go a long ways for another, a lot of other breeders exactly. just to make us better breeders. You know exactly. what I mean? Yep. Um, that's the whole idea is to better the breed mm-hmm. <clears throat> and without bettering the breeder, we can't do that. So exactly. without you guys, we got to do that. You Appreciate know? it. And we here, we here to <laughs> make sure that we can do our best, the best that we can uh, to to breed healthy quality babies so that's exactly yeah. right mm-hmm. that's exactly right mm-hmm. so speaking of babies mm-hmm. um what kind of dogs do you have do you have any dogs i have four dogs <laughs> two of them were well actually three of them were unintentional one was planned 
when I was in vet school, one of my friends found this little fluffy dog that was emaciated. Uh, he was matted. He just came up to her like he knew her. Um, but she had a aggressive chihuahua that does not like other dogs. So the chihuahua was trying to attack him and he was just so happy to just see her that he wasn't even worried about the chihuahua. So she she rescued him. She took them took him to campus at our vet clinic where we went to school at. And she was like, Chris, I just found this dog. At the time I didn't have any dogs. So she was like, I have this, I found this dog. I think you should take him. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, mm, what kind of dog is he? She said, I think like a shih tzu. I'm like, mm, I'm not really a small dog person. She was like, just go up there and just go up there and like, just check him out and look at his personality and stuff. The moment that I went up there and I saw him, I was like, give me this dog. Aww. Like, he legit was like, jumped into my arms. He's up here trying to get our attention now. Right. And everything. Like, he was like the coolest little dog ever. So, I got Braxton. Um, in the mean- And I, the whole time I was looking for a big dog, I had planned to get a Connie Corso. But none of the breeders that I, that I was looking at had what I wanted. So, I was getting desperate. I had Braxton about six months later passed. I was getting desperate because I really wanted a big dog. I was in the house by myself at school. And then I came across this little chunky bully puppy named Hemi that I named Hemi. And I impulsively got him um, because he was just so freaking cute. Five years later, they're both still with me. Um, Now, my third dog that I got, which is my favorite breed, a giant schnauzer, all black soft-coated giant schnauzer is Midas. He was the only one that was planned. Um, so I got him like two years later. Uh, and then after and when the- you guys see Midas guys to interrupt, uh, <laughs> Dr. Vine over here, Midas, all his dogs are beautiful. Thank you. Thank but you. Midas is this like black schnauzer, giant schnauzer and like so exotic looking <laughs> like if you haven't followed him, follow him so you guys can see the videos he posts of him. They're just like. I, I can't, you guys got to follow him. I can't even explain it, guys. That's my boy. That's my boy, Midas. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, um, I got Midas and then Dr. Bivens uh, bred his his fluffy Frenchie with his friend's dog. And um, I, that's when I kind of, I just got out here. They bred them or whatever. And Bivens was like, hey, you can get first pick of the mail, yada, yada, yada. At the time of that they were born, it just wasn't smart financially for me to pay $3,000 for a dog. Um, cause I just spent $10,000 moving here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? It's all good. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, maybe next time. And then like two months later, Bivens brings in the dog, the puppy. And he was like, here, he's yours. And I'm like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, you can, you can have him. I know you, this, he was supposed to be yours originally, but I'm gonna give him to you. And that's when I prime him, which is a French bulldog. So now I have four boys. And like I said, three of them were unplanned, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because I love them all and they're all here to stay. So Aww. I'm a father of four. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy too, you guys, because um, Dr. Vine has an American bully mm-hmm. and he looks just like our boy at Lone Wolf Big Timer Kennels. Casino. Casino. Only Casino is a ghost Von Merle. Mm-hmm. So there's a little difference there. But if Casino had dark eyes and didn't have the blue eyes... They would look like they came Twins. from the same litter. Yes. I mean, literally, yep. they look so much alike. And it's like, you know, there's a sign when you meet like somebody that I feel like that was a sign. Like, you Yeah, know, like... exactly. <laughs> and if y'all haven't seen Casino, I, I was never really into pocket bullies until I seen Casino. He's literally the most perfect 
pocket bully I've ever seen. He's handsome, his structure, mm -hmm. his color. Like, I, I'm obsessed with him. He is a very good looking <laughs> pocket bully. So, to me, that is a standard pocket bully. I don't care what all these other breeders are talking about. I like the way Casino looks. He can run, he can move, he can do all of that. And he looks good. Very muscular. Love Aww, that dog. Thank you, Dr. Ryan. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, duh, Casino loves you too. Yeah, I love he, yeah. He's, he's such a teddy bear. Yeah. I, I, he's a good dog. Yeah. He he's would, a very good dog. Honestly, I think out of. Our whole bunch. He probably is the chillest. Yeah, one. yeah. Like even at the clinic, like if you walk by the cage, he's just looking at you mm -hmm. like you gonna come let me out. <laughs> yeah. you, you coming? Yeah, you going man? All right. Cool. <laughs> like he's so he's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. And he loves going there too. Yeah, and he's uh, so a, chill. Yeah, he already knows when Leo's gonna get him to mm -hmm. take him. He's already like, oh, I'm going. I'm, yeah. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I know I'm going with him. Uh huh. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> That's a good boy. That's a good looking dog, man. That's awesome. Um, so being that we you have an, a bully and mm -hmm. you know what what that is um and you have a frenchie mm -hmm. which this podcast is dedicated to all dogs right. but we're gonna talk about that the bully this breed. first yeah. um episode is a little bit about the bully breed what would you say is like your biggest um i don't want to say like worst experience but mm -hmm. what have you had any bad experience when you have him out or when you're taking him out like have you experienced that much from you mean like when with other people? people yeah you know, because there's a big misconception with the bully yeah, breed, yeah, you know, yeah. and sometimes like, I mean, I know we've had our experiences, but have you experienced that? I um, mean, not that I know of for multiple reasons, because Hemi's demeanor, like, of course, I see when we're like coming into dog parks or coming into areas where there are other dogs, people are, are like looking and some people are looking in fascination and some people are just looking, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know what they're thinking, but I know that they're looking. But when he gets in the dog park or when he gets like near them and they see how well-mannered he is and how chill he is they want to come up to him and pet him and mm -hmm. you know get more information and just admire how handsome he is and stuff mm -hmm. so i haven't really had any discrimination against him but then again i also don't take him out a lot um because he's just a i don't know if he has anxiety or what but he just he just rather just be somewhere off leash in the woods running okay. you know like that because that's what he was used to with me being in school because i was in the country was when i was in school country so boy. i was able mm -hmm. yep he's a country boy <laughs> so he's used to like big yards and places where he can just run free and just be a dog so um but when, when it comes to like going to places like he's very chill especially when we flew here he did really well when we flew here um and he didn't really care to like be in people's face you know people mm -hmm. came to him and i think that's what people like too like he and if he sees a dog he'll just look mm -hmm. or if he sees a little kid he'll just look you know mm -hmm. he wasn't really um wanting to you know their attention and i think that's mm -hmm. what helped people kind of be at ease with him being around because he wasn't trying to get to them you yeah. know so luckily i haven't had any bad experiences with him um with people judging him before they even knew him because if you know him he wouldn't hurt a fly i know a lot of people say that but it's been five years and he barely barks he barely like he has i get a little worried because i don't think he would ever defend himself a lot <laughs> swedenberg says he would but yeah. i've had a i have had an instance where a neighbor um had their dog tied up in the back of their truck and i let my dogs out at night to use the restroom and i see the dog just barking and yanking 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 it was a german shepherd and the german shepherd broke and like came charging at hemi and Hemi just ran, you know, Aww. he, you know, and he was like maybe 11 months at the time, but I uh -huh. feel like he's old enough to like, no, you know, you're, you, know you know what I'm saying? Know, he just yeah. ran like the dog, like Hemi was such a, like a non-threat to the dog. The dog just like left Hemi alone because <laughs> Hemi was running wow. from him. He was like, I ain't want to Yeah, that. he was literally uh -huh. like running. I'm just like, 
And then the dog tried to go after Braxton, my little Shizu, and Braxton stood his ground. Braxton oh, was like wow. snapping at his mouth and mm-hmm. stuff, and the dog left him alone. And that was enough time for me to like get a get the broom and like you know hit the dog or whatever. But that day, that day alone has made me more protective of Hemi because if a dog was to attack, I feel like. Hemi wouldn't protect himself because he's just not an aggressive dog. He's, mm-hmm. he's just never been aggressive. I've never sensed aggression from him in any type of way. So, and I agree. Yeah. Like I, the times that I've seen him and like now, like literally, he's just so chilled. Yeah. And I feel like that's like because you know too. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like just, you know, like they're I'm just... a little worried. Like, can you defend yourself? You know, <laughs> I know the other ones will try, but. I think when yeah. if it was the time, yeah, maybe you know, he he would he would. But you know what, guys? That kind of boils back yeah. to. Um, what this podcast is kind of about is, you know, it's it's really the bully behind the breeder. It's the bully behind the owner. If you raise your dogs to be aggressive fighting dogs, then you're going to have issues with them. You know, you can't. Exactly. It's It's got to be how you raise them. And I think that as good breeders, we tend to... Um, know that you know the way we raise our dogs is is how they're going to represent us Mm -hmm. out there you know um yes the bully breed has this misconception um i know like our experience one time leo was walking we had just gotten i think it was was it lumbre i think i can't remember it was one of our bullies he he was walking and we had just moved into this house that we bought and the neighbor down the street you could tell older guy mm-hmm. you know been there for a minute he was out there gardening and stuff and he had actually he had some yeah. dogs like braxton yeah well, she so did. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he picked up his dogs real right away and told leo and you know leo had him on the leash mm-hmm. he's like uh, has your dog ate <laughs> and leo, <laughs> was, leo was like <laughs> leo was like um uh no like- <laughs> so Leo was like, no, sir. You know? And he was like, because he looked like he going to eat my dogs for a snack. I mean, what? literally. probably wasn't even paying attention to the Literally. Puppy. I was just like, that's exactly what the guy told him. And I was just like, I, 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 couldn't, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. was just like, you know. Yeah. It was crazy because they, the, I mean, our, obviously our dogs weren't even paying their dogs. Ex- no exactly. mind at all. He, we was just walking down the street. But it was just insane to me that like. He would even, this guy would even say that, yeah. you know? and the dog didn't even, like, look their way. No, yeah. no. And, you know, like you said, multiple times we've gone to, like, you know, little parks and stuff. I try to stay away from the yeah, dog parks. Same, but same. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that yeah. happen in those dog parks. People, but irresponsible owners. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I've gotten that where people have left, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they see your dogs and then they leave. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but literally, uh, day before yesterday, I took... Um, one of our dogs to go pick up my daughter's uh, nannies and one of the ladies had drove by she was like beautiful dog she's like does it bite i'm like was that your first response yeah Yeah. you know so it's like things like that it's like like any dog Mm -hmm. any cat any can they will bite when they're provoked of course you know but no the dog's friendly first thing yeah and that's the crazy thing too is the 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 breed i call them breeders because people are very reluctant when it's Hemi, but they be ready to just come up and start petting Midas when that's who you should worry about. <laughs> yeah. If you Midas. don't know giant schnauzers, they are not the dog that just be happy to see everybody. Um, I know that they look all exotic and, mm-hmm. you know, like all friendly and, and bougie as people say, but they yes. were bred to be guard dogs and they're not your happy-go-lucky dog that's just happy to see everybody. There's been times where, luckily Midas has not tried to bite anybody, but 
I just know like there was one time this lady just tried to come up and pet him and he moved his head and like looked at her and I I'm, I was still learning my dog at that time too so I just told her like don't do that like don't don't try to pet him you know mm-hmm. let him come to you mm-hmm. because people see like oh he's just this beautiful long haired dog he has to be friendly or he must be friendly but no one ever just tries to come up and just pet him you know yeah. even though him is the one that will love you like like you yeah. exactly mm-hmm. like you're his owner mm-hmm. mine just don't eh. I mean if you come to the house and my and my demeanor is okay he will be okay but I would never. I would be more uncomfortable with a stranger going into my house without me if Midas is there versus Hemi. Because I know Hemi, if someone wants to break in, I say this all the time, Hemi would probably show the burglar where everything's at. Like, that's just how friendly he is. Mm-hmm. Now, Midas, he gonna, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy how just off of looks, people think like, oh, the bully must be mean when, oh, and that big fluffy black dog must be the nice one. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just crazy because you can't judge a book by its cover. And I know we hear that a lot, but... Just even with dogs, like you can't do that because Midas is the guard dog. Of all my dogs, he is the guard dog. That's so, exactly right. You know, yeah. people need to just. And that that kind of goes into what I what I kind of wanted to talk to you about, mm-hmm. pick your brain about a little bit is mm-hmm. everything that's happening in UK. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it kind of feels like discrimination too yeah, over there sure. because they're making these people do this thing, you know, mm-hmm. horrible thing to their dogs. Mm-hmm. With, it's not their that's it's like their right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I mean, I know that there's one camp that I follow. On Instagram, he moved to Spain mm-hmm. just because he wasn't gonna do that to yeah, his dog. Yeah, he full on moved to Spain. Yeah, I mean, like, what is what do you what is your opinion on I that? I feel like? like that's. I mean, it's 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 not okay at all. Like, I I move not only because I'm a bully breeder and I see, I think people also loop pit bulls, American mm-hmm. bulldogs, uh, uh, Staffordshire terriers. They 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 link all, all of them, them together as a bully. As, yes. You know what I'm saying? And not to like single out any, you know, specific instances or any specific breed, but most attacks are from like your Staffordshire Terriers or your Pit Bulls. They're not necessarily your your bullies, the actual bullies like your Exotics, your Pockets, Mm -hmm. your Standards, your XLs. Those are the more easygoing breeds from what I've seen. Like those are the the scary breeds. A lot of people that I talk to that have actual bullies, it seems like they all have the same personality. They're scared of little things or mm-hmm. like Hemi is scared of certain floor textures. Like they just, they're these big teddy bears, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people think that since they look like pit bulls or they look like a Staffordshire Terriers or they look like American Bull or whatever, mm-hmm. that they are all aggressive, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like a lot of videos that I've seen where people are, have gotten attacked have been pit bulls or mm-hmm. you know Af- American Staffordshire, Staffordshire Terriers. And I know that they, shouldn't be boxed in as an aggressive breed themselves but to to just like loop them all together and say the full bully breed is been, like that's not okay because no. that's and then especially with these people who have been having these dogs for years and have never had an issue mm-hmm. with those specific dogs being aggressive to anybody how are you going to tell me that my 10 year old bully that has never done anything to anybody is now banned when i've had them this long and just because there's a few instances where some people may have gotten attacked, you know, mm-hmm. that's not okay. I mean, I've seen plenty of videos of German Shepherds attacking people, Dobermans, Chihuahuas, you know, like they're not getting banned. I don't see anybody really making noise for those breeds, but because of bullies, I don't know what it is about bullies. I don't know if it's because they are descendants from pit bulls that were used to fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but my thing is that's like punishing somebody for what your ancestors did mm-hmm. to me. And it's not okay, especially if I have a dog that is over however many years of age, have never had an issue, mm-hmm. and now you're coming to me telling me, oh, you got to get rid of this dog. Like, you're banned, why? literally banned from our country. Like, like that's I'm banned, crazy. and I've been here, he's been here, we never 
never have done anything and now he's banned like that that makes no sense to me, me and it's not okay at all i know i feel so bad for them yeah like i like the rallies that they've done mm-hmm. the protests yep. like you know there were so many people that came not even from just uk mm-hmm. but like other mm-hmm. other countries like the yep. us like yep. so many people were coming together mm-hmm. for them like it was it was crazy the su- yeah. amount of support that they got i, I was that, that I, I loved it together. yeah yep. especially for the bully breeding you know it's like i was talking to my husband the other night and you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. The pit bulls, they used to be used back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, fighting dogs. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they do get that reputation. Yeah. But I, an American bully is different from a pit exactly. bull. And exactly. I think they categorize them together yep. Yep. and not know. It's because that's up to us mm-hmm. to educate these people, you know. Yep. So, it's kind of yep. like what our goal is, is to educate people like you know especially ignorant people mm-hmm. that are going to be like that let me educate you on what exactly. an american bully is mm-hmm. versus a pit bull versus mm-hmm. this you know this is they're different they're different, they're yep. different. They're their demeanors the are different mm-hmm. and the american bully breed is now a recognized breed yeah they're not yeah you they know, just got recognized yeah. people have been recognized a while mm-hmm. ago so that's just say that yeah. says a lot in itself you know it's it's sad, man. And I, I, even with just pit bull, like pit bulls are great dogs yes. as well. Like you said earlier, it's all about how you raise them. Pit bulls are so willing to please that they will do anything for you. If you want them to fight, they're going to fight. If you mm-hmm. want them to be aggressive, they're going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy that people tend to focus on that part of a pit bull versus the pit bulls consider being the nanny dogs because mm-hmm. people will literally have their babies around the pit bulls because they are loyal. Like they will protect that baby. Mm-hmm. They were the dog breed, I forget in what, what century, but they were the dog breed that most people wanted for protection because mm-hmm. that's they're loyal to their family. Mm-hmm. They will literally do what you want them to do. That's why they do fight because that's what you train them to do. That's why yeah. they do guard because that's what you train them to do. Mm-hmm. If you want them to just be a loving family dog, they will do that. You know, people, it's all yeah. about how you raise and train them. But mm-hmm. the fact that people are looping them all as one aggressive breed, it's like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen a lot of breeds and i've seen aggressive in each aggressive dog in each breed i've seen a nice dog in each breed i've seen a goofy dog in each breed it's not just one way with one breed mm-hmm. like to me chihuahuas are more aggressive than pit bulls those are like the little pit bulls you know and hopefully me saying this is not gonna like put a buzz in anybody ear to try to ban chihuahuas no, or anything like not. that yeah. but i just my point is like any dog breed any can breed. be aggressive mm-hmm. and it may not always be recorded or it may not always be seen on social media, but it happens. Mm-hmm. People get attacked by all types of breeds. Chows, Dobermans, Great Danes, mm-hmm. uh, Akitas, Birdie Doodle. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all capable of doing okay, the same, same thing. thing. Yep. Yeah. And you guys, this is completely, like I said, this is informational. This is this doctor did not have to take time out of his day to sit here and talk with us and share his knowledge and let me pick his brain. You know, he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart um, for us as breeders, as as yeah. people, as family. Dog so owners, dog owners. So definitely take this into consideration that he's strictly here to educate um no in any way zone. that yeah no and any the, all, all positive vibes here so yeah i'm glad um that's that's so true though i'm so glad that um we we're able to touch base on that because um they definitely they definitely get misjudged and mm-hmm. and honestly um as breeders we do the same thing mm-hmm. like i make my daughter get when we raise the puppies like you know before they go to their forever families we have her play with them mm-hmm. their food some dog trainers will say that that's not okay some will tell some have told us that it is mm-hmm. um and i kind of listen to the book because they're the trainers mm-hmm. you know right. so they do know and that's what they right. that's their career so 
um, I kind of take both into consideration right. that, okay, I guess that's true. Okay, yeah, maybe putting it like, but in our case, it's always been really good. And I think that in our reviews mm-hmm. from families, we haven't had any bad reviews yeah. of, you know, and all, most of our dogs have gone to families mm-hmm. with kids. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it kind of helps in a sense, For sure. you know, yeah, um, sure. raising them that way. But yep. definitely it's, it's all about yeah. how you raise and train them. That is okay? true. That now, I know that you have a Frenchie, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Prime over yeah, there. Yeah, Prime, aka Squirt. <laughs> Squirt. A little alien, yeah. So, you know, that dog, mm-hmm. Frenchies are, they were voted top dog yeah, in, number the U, one number dog one in the U.S. Yeah, number one the Labrador. That's yep. crazy That is me. crazy. It's, it's crazy in a good and bad way because, yeah. um, it's good in a good way because they are very loving dogs. They're, to me, they're cute. Um, they're very easy to manage when bred right mm-hmm. um so with that yeah with that being said it, the 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 scary part about it is like people are so adamant to breed them that they have a lot of health issues because of the overbreeding. you mm-hmm. know i've seen a lot of cases come in that are pretty sad where you know they were outside for too long and they came and went went into yeah. boaz and you know, it was just too late and we had to euthanize them because they just, you know, started collapsing. The organs started shutting down or they overheat. Like the things about Frenchies is they think that they're a regular dog. They think that they are an athlete, but they're not. You know, they are very limited to what they should be doing as, you know, brachiocephalic or smush face dogs. Um, and then they, they just have a lot of issues that can be very detrimental if they are in the wrong hands of the of the of an owner and that don't really know of a Frenchie's limits. They're not going to always show you that they're tired or that they're overheating or that they're, you know, they can't breathe. You, it's something that you kind of have to know and 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 pay attention to as an owner. But I think they are very cute dogs. Um, they they are overbred, but I do think that for those that are around, that like they they make a very good family dog. They're easy to maintain. Um, easy to bathe, easy to feed, things like that. But um, it's all about how you breed them. Since mm-hmm. we're talking about breeding, yep. quality breeding, mm-hmm. quality breeding, mm-hmm. and they can live a long, healthy life. The other day I was at work, I saw an 11 year old Frenchie. I was like, you don't see that often. It was 11. Yeah. I was like, see, and I just was giving him all types of pets and hugs and wow. stuff because it was he was a cute old little dog, you know. And then, like I say, it's it just reminded me you don't see a lot of old Frenchies mm-hmm. because they don't make it to an old age a lot of times due to you know health reasons so mm-hmm. i was it was it was good seeing seeing one he gave me hope that they can live a long healthy life yeah. when they're bred right yeah. so yeah. and and to pick your brain because i heard mm-hmm. this actually at work too mm-hmm. last weekend um the dog was going to the boas what does that mean so basically that's when they are they can't breathe and so i'm trying to put it in a way that everybody can understand understand yeah. They can't breathe. It's either they they're hyperventilating, they were overstimulated, because mm-hmm. um, they have elongated soft palates, which kind of covers covers up their esophagus and their trachea. So as we breathe in, we have an opening that can let let a, a certain amount of air in. With them, they kind of have a flap that kind of covers their trachea, so they can only get so much air in at a time. So when they're you know over over stimulated, if they're running too much or if they're like. You know, too too active. That can they, their body can't get enough oxygen at the time to try to keep up with their heartbeat. So they go into what we call Boaz, and you kind of you have to put them on oxygen, uh, give them some lemon juice um, and things like that. Sometimes they may need Dex 
which kind of helps with the breathing as well. It just depends on how severe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all because of structures, all because of the structure of their, 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 uh, their mouth and their trachea. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say they think that they're regular dogs, but mm-hmm. they're really not. They can't breathe the way that a normal dog breathes. So um, you have to limit their, their activity. Yeah. yeah. I actually was talking to somebody in, um, at the clinic. They breed Frenchies too. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I'm like, I kind of explained it like, Frenchies are kind of like a designer bag. Yeah, you know, for like sure. Or like, in a sense, and that doesn't mean like, you know, like, no, we a bag. But like, basically they're designer. They're luxurious. Mm-hmm. They're going to come with a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah. They're going to oh, come yeah. with, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, you can't, you have to take care of them mm-hmm. because they yep. are not just your regular dog. Yep. They're, I would consider a luxurious yeah. pet. Very because, fragile, very lux- yes. luxury. Yeah, yes, the for luxury sure. for sure. Mm-hmm. Because that, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the Frenchie breed. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any, but. Yeah. <laughs> they got but, the pocket bullies. Right. The cute pocket we, bullies. We have the bullies. The um, ones that can breed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do breathe they yeah. run they jump yeah. yes yeah. they do all that <laughs> yeah exactly and i don't think i mentioned for those that i know boaz is brachiocephalic obstructive airway syndrome okay. I, don't, I don't think i gave the definition of what that is but okay. yeah that's awesome. for those that don't know yeah i didn't honestly didn't know that but mm-hmm. i just remember a dog coming in they're like he's going into boaz mm-hmm. and i was like what is that what mm-hmm. is boaz? you know um, yep. And sometimes I pick my son's brain too mm-hmm. because you know he's with he works alongside with you guys all the time. Oh, yeah. So he'll the be coming the home. Repo guru. <laughs> he'll be coming home <laughs> saying all this weird, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, do yeah. you really know what that means? That boy, Are you Leo, just... <laughs> he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff for real. <laughs> so um, getting into like South Buffalo and the repro. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your uh, intake on that? Like, you're gonna. You're getting into that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be somewhere yep. you want to you yep. want to journey off mm-hmm. into. Yeah, I've always been been interested in repro. Um, I grew up with horses, so it was it started off with mm-hmm. repro and horses. But as I kind of went through vet school and learning the 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 medicine side of horses, I kind of like straight away. I just loved you know growing up. I didn't I didn't remember horses being this fragile until yeah. I got into vet school and started seeing these quote unquote new age horses. So I kind of stayed away from equine and kind of just focused on, you know, small animal, uh, mainly dogs. Um, so I've always been interested in repro and it's just cool to like literally see the progression of like life when you, from the, the time of insemination to the time of, of birth, you know, it's really cool to know, like to know the numbers, to know when to do a TCI versus a surgical artificial insemination versus a, a, a regular artificial insemination to really know the progesterone and the LA surge, like to really, it's a like to really know the detailed science behind mm-hmm. getting, uh, or, or getting a dog pregnant. It's really cool. Um, you see the ups and downs, you learn a lot from, you know, just doing the actual inseminations or the actual breeding. Um, it's really, it's really dope. Like, especially when you are the one that's literally been there since day one from the insemination to actually doing the C-section or Mm -hmm. seeing the puppies come in for their vaccines. It's really like, wow, like I helped create this life. And then you also get a peace of mind because you know that you, that it was done in a very professional and safe way for the dog you know mm-hmm. we're advocates for these dogs and we're advocates for uh the all of these animals that we that we breed and you know if i feel like a dog is not a qu- like quality breed or is gonna you know be in danger if i were to breed this dog you know i can speak up for the dog and be like hey mm-hmm. i don't think we should do this or hey i don't think that this dog will be a good candidate to, for breeding because 
it can go left really quick. You know what I'm saying? So being that voice for the dog and not only, you know, just doing it just because the owner wants you to do it, it's really, it's really important to me because some owners, they don't know the the inside of what's going on with their dog, you know? So that's your job to really see if this dog is a candidate for breeding or see if this cat or whatever it is that you're breeding. So being an advocate for these animals and also being the creator of the animal's babies is legit like, it's it's like no other. That's it's literally amazing. like no other. That's crazy because that was just what I was gonna say. It's like, we're literally the voice for mm-hmm. them, you know? Yeah. Um, even myself as a breeder with Lone Wolf mm-hmm. Big Timer Kennels, like, you know, we, um, we do all of our, you know, our dams, mm-hmm. um, you know, screenings and yep. her health check and yep. making sure she doesn't carry any kind of diseases. Mm-hmm. And then also our studs, you know, yep. we make sure that they're all on top notch health mm-hmm. because at the same time, you know, we can't be just producing dogs exactly. out the, exactly. you know, without just because they look just, good. Exactly. Yeah. No. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like what's wrong with the bully mm-hmm. community right now is that there's so much overbreeding yeah. over yep. you know extreme mm-hmm. too many people have access to the breeding it's so too. crazy yeah oh it's and it so- messes up for the quality breeds like mm-hmm. you guys like Thank and i'm not you. only saying this because i'm on the podcast but i've seen them actually screen their dogs i've done physical exams on their puppies and stuff so i know that they are quality breeders but I've also seen breeders who are in it just for the money. Like I've, yeah. I've told them about heart murmurs on dogs and and um, other issues that I've that I found on their dogs, and they're still wanting to breed the dog. And I'm just like, dude, like mm-hmm. they can pass this on to the puppies, or exactly. you know, that can cause their heart murmur to, you know, go up to a higher grade, mm-hmm. or you know, it's just a lot to it. Um, you know, and especially with putting them under anesthesia, like mm-hmm. you, it's it's a little bit more serious when you do things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like that there are still people like Lone Wolf Kennels that, you know, will listen if, mm-hmm. you know, I tell them like, hey, I don't think this dog is a candidate because of A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we won't do it. You know, but there are people who don't care. Yeah. So it's good and refreshing to know that there are great breeders like you guys Thank out you. here yeah. that actually care about their breed and are, and are not just in it for the money. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's 100% us for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for actually acknowledging that because um, I mean, we actually have a female that we retired because she had hip dysplasia. Mm-hmm. Um, she is now um, my daughter's mm-hmm. basically protector. She yeah. sleeps in her room and yeah. takes care of her at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Dr. Bivens, you know, he told us, you know, and I even asked him. I was I, at the one point mm-hmm. I was that breeder. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with mm-hmm. you guys. I was at that breed. I was that that breeder that asked him, like, you think I could still breed her? Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Right. And he literally looked me in the eyes and he said, if I know the kind of breeder that you are, you already know the answer mm-hmm. to that. And I was just like, and I, you know, after talking with him about it, like, it made sense. Yeah. She yeah. wouldn't go full term. Yep. She could lose her, you know, we could lose her, mm-hmm. we could lose them. Plus, DNA, you don't want it to pass down. You don't want and it that it pass, yep. it passes that down. Is the, that is genetics. You know, yeah. so it's like, um, those are things that we need to take into consideration mm-hmm. as breeders, and that's why, you know, like, it's important yeah. to educate. Yeah. Um, yeah, to educate, for sure. that's for sure. I think it's also important to educate the buyers. Um, I'm, I'm big of on, course. like, buyers reaching out to the veterinarians to ask questions, like, you know, what questions do I ask the breeder? Because a lot of people don't know about OFA testing or pin hip that's or, right. mm-hmm. you know, about heart murmurs and things like that because y'all are paying top dollar for these dogs, and... Y'all are getting a dog that may not even last to be five or six years You're old, right. you know. So I think it's really important not to only ask breeders about OFA, pin hip, uh, heart health, all of that, but it's also 
important to show documentation. There's plenty of people that can tell you, oh yeah, my dog is health tested. Oh, my dog has o- is OFA tested, but mm-hmm. show, I need you I to need ask that, them for yeah. documentation. You can go on American Kennels and OFA websites to see if their dog is on there as listed as like OFA cleared or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So consult your local, somebody you trust, veterinarian, a person that's been in the breeding game, whatever, to really ask like, what questions do I ask for this specific breed? Because there are predis- predispositions of certain diseases um, with certain breeds that you may not know about. So before you see this cute, buy this cute little puppy, make sure you really know the health of the line and the health of the parents, or you're going to find yourself with a big vet bill later on down the line, especially if you don't have insurance. So um, definitely as consumers, just it's important for you to know those questions to ask as well. That's that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yep. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, um, we definitely, I've learned a lot with mm-hmm. Kinter, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Kinter, who also comes every few months yeah. about the OFA and mm-hmm. Pinhead, like, she's the one that um, I started realizing, thing that's, like, something yeah. that mm-hmm. really should do, you know? Yeah. Um, that's crazy. It's hard seeing it's, uh, your dog that get get uh, hip dysplasia or some type of arth- osteoarthritis issue, like, in pain, can barely move, can't really walk, you know? It's it, that's bone on bone rubbing together, so it, oh. it it's not hard, it's not easy to watch. So mm-hmm. if you can avoid that in any way possible, definitely do that yeah. for sure. So on social media, we actually um, asked everybody to kind of ask some questions. Mm-hmm. I uh, they didn't know that I was gonna have a veterinarian mm-hmm. on my podcast or anything. We just kind of asked. So we have some couple random questions for you. Okay. Um, you can feel free to answer or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of them is kind of sad. I don't yeah, know, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's okay. uh, they asked when um, as a veterinarian, mm-hmm. when you know it's time. Yeah. Are you? What are, were your thoughts on that? Like, are you? one to be like okay it's time are you gonna be selfish like you know some of us can be yeah i know you've seen some owners Mm -hmm. that have been selfish and they'll hold on you know and hold on and like what kind of insight as personal and Mm -hmm. professional do you think on that yeah um again like i said earlier we're advocates for these animals um based on our experience and our expertise we know how painful or how uncomfortable the patient may be or the or the baby may be I'm the type of doctor to be honest with the owners, especially if they ask me, what would you do? Um, I think about that all the time when it comes to my personal dogs. I've had multiple conversations with my fellow vet uh, coworkers in uh, Texas as well. Like when that time comes, will I want to do the euthanasia or would I want somebody else to do it? Would I want to be present? Would I not? At the end of the day, I don't really know the answers to those questions, Mm -hmm. but I know that when it's time, I know that I'm going to be the one like, all right, it's time. You know, I'm not going to try to prolong it. If God forbid one of my dogs get cancer, I'm the type of person I'm not going to do in chemo because I know the percentage of chemo working is not that high, um, depending on what the cancer is. So I'd rather just go ahead and, you know, enjoy the moments that I have with my dog and just kind of put them at rest versus trying to like put them through chemo and all these other things because that can be heavy on the body as well too and me I don't know if I could see my dogs going through that knowing like something inside of them is progressively killing them you know what I mean so I think I'm more so a realistic person and you know especially if the dog is like 10, 11, 12, 13, you know what I'm saying? That's a long life. And that yeah. shows that you as an owner, you did something right to right. keep that patient, or I keep saying patient, yeah. that baby, <laughs> like it went work. You're like, but yeah, you're, like you're work mode, work mode. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to keep that, to keep that, that fur baby alive, like that's a, that's a really good lifespan. Um, even if they're like eight, nine years old, like mm-hmm. you did something right. And I always tell owners, like, 
yeah, this is happening, but you did something right this long to keep them alive this long, you know? So so cherish those moments and, and give yourself a pat on the back for even like doing that. Cause there's a lot of dogs that don't make it to this age or there's a lot of dogs that are in shelters at this age, you know, you did something to give this dog the, or this cat the happiest life that it can have, yeah. you know? And unfortunately it's just that time is, you know, possibly coming to an end. So, you know, just think about how much at peace they would be, you know, and how they're not really suffering anymore from whatever it is that they're, you know, that's causing them to, you know, uh, become ill. Um, so I think I'm, I, I try to be as realistic as possible without saying, yes, you just need to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's hard, you know, yeah. but at the, I also, it's hard for me to see the, the dog or the cat in the situation that they're in as well. So mm-hmm. I, now if it's something that I feel like they can prolong or they can you know have a Hold couple of a months bit, or whatever yeah. of course like yeah let's just you know make that just keep them comfortable let's do some insects mm-hmm. let's do this let's do whatever they need to stay comfortable i'm okay with doing that you know mm-hmm. but if it's something that i know they can't you know you know live they can't live comfortably with then i'm like yeah. i think it's that time yeah. you know and luckily thank god so far i know i've only been a vet for like seven months but thank god so far clients have been really cooperative with you know making the decision they'll ask me what would you do doc or what do you think and they know that my my opinion is literally based on so what i think is best for the for the animal Mm -hmm. so it's like i i I, it's sad but i know that i'd rather the the animal be at peace and not suffering anymore than me being like okay let's try to keep them here Mm -hmm. a little longer for you you know what i'm saying right seven months guys did you hear that Jeez, uh, weird he's saying already, it. He's already this knowledgeable <laughs> at seven. Oh I mean, God, you got to think about all the schooling it. you did oh, too. But. I don't think about it. <laughs> I would not wish vet school my worst enemy, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm glad I did it. Right. Well, we're glad yeah. you did it too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I met some amazing people outside of you guys. Oh. I met some amazing people on this yeah. journey. So. And you're still going to continue yeah. that because, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm excited for, <laughs> what, for awesome. what the future holds. Well, thanks for your input on that. That's kind of a tough question. Let's get into a better question. I think it's going to, this one's going to be a little bit more fun. Yeah. So they asked, what kind of surgery um, would you say was your most extreme surgery? And if exploratory is one of them, what was the most craziest thing you found inside of a dog? Um, So I've only done one exploratory and that was um, the most recent one was a bulldog that came in. Um, he just wasn't doing well. He was throwing up, not eating, not really drinking, uh, trying to poop, but not really able to poop. Mm-hmm. Um, mom and dad said that he has a doggy door that he can go in and out of that, um, you know, while they're at work. So it was possible that he could have got into anything. They, they had no clue. They know that it could have been something. So, you know, dad wanted to try the medical way first with just, you know, give him some serenia to stop the, the vomiting and kind of give him some, uh, some things that would help him help with the pain or whatever. And then two days later, he was like, he's still not doing well. I was like, all right, look, now I tried to do the medical way where, you know, you just try the meds, but I really want you to do radiographs. Because I told him that I think we should do radiographs and ultrasound in the initial visit. So this time he was like, okay, let's do it. Saw some things on the, on the radiograph that was, you know, concerning. We knew it wasn't food. So I was like, okay, we really need to do exploratory. I did an exploratory and it was like, like a plastic basketball uh, wrapped in hair, wrapped in uh, like like a like some type of cloth, and it was also like a, a squeaky toy that was bent up that he ripped out of a toy. So he had like multiple things that was in there. Um, 
we pulled it out we got everything out that was it was still stuck in the stomach so it couldn't go into that the digestive system i mean the large intestines the large intestines and um it was trying to push through but it couldn't because it was just too thick so that's what was causing obstruction and then a lot of his intestines was were really inflamed so we had to do an rna which is mean we had to like resect some of that that dead tissue of his intestines out um so once we did all that close them up literally that night the dog was like nothing ever happened you know most times with exploratories the dog kind of is like slow at getting back to itself it's you know you got to really watch them because it's critical he was up wagging his tail barking eating like like he was happy we got it out you know and then wow. we were really concerned because it was like why is he why is he so why is he recovering so so fast you know and it's a bulldog at that so it was happy to see like we were happy but we were also concerned because no dog really jumps back like that that's crazy <laughs> so, but yeah dad came and picked him up today he came and picked him today he said he's doing fine he's doing wow. really well at home so that was a that was a great experience um outside of that i i wouldn't but the weird thing is i don't think that was my most intense okay. surgery i think my most intense surgery was my first c-section because like you're dealing with someone's puppy some a breeder's puppy like yeah. if you don't know breeders breeders can be a little crazy <laughs> you know you know because their money is on the line and you know they paid all this money to get this dog pregnant and now their puppy's life is in your hand and That's also right. the mom's life is uh -huh. in your hand and we have this rule where you have to get the puppies out within 15 minutes even if it takes you longer it's fine that's just a rule that we like to say at south buffalo as you know kind of like a challenge because you know the longer that uh, that puppies are in the seat the the mm -hmm. uterus while the mom is under anesthesia the the harder it is or the longer it'll take to wake up the puppies so if you get them out within 15 minutes it'll be easier to wake up the puppies so keeping that in the back of your mind but also doing a very good job of like opening her up and you know being fragile with the uterus and everything like all of that really takes um some like a lot of focus and it's but it's also fun though like it was really real intense but real fun it's a great feeling when you hear those puppies come out crying you know that's a good sign of life and when mom's blood pressure is good and all of her vitals are good and everything so it's a very intense situation but it's also very fun and you have like certain breeders follow me on instagram they'll send me videos of the puppies and showing me how well they're doing and thanking me you know for doing a good job and things like that so that's the most rewarding part about it all and the most it, like intense surgery i think we're all like now that i've done multiple ones it's not as intense but it's still like a your first one exactly like, the yeah. first one was like man that was kind of crazy you know so yeah. it's always the aftercare is like okay like you you i go home thinking about i wonder what she's doing i wonder how she's doing i wonder how the puppy's doing and then you know you get you see them at their they come in at their six week uh checkup and all of them are doing great you know yeah. so that's it's a, it's a good feeling yeah, yeah it's a really good feeling that's for yeah. sure so mm -hmm. there you go guys remember that's there's a lot that goes into like the back end mm -hmm. of you know these puppies being woken up and you know shout out to south buffalo springs oh, yeah. reprotein and the whole team there guys because they definitely when it's all hands on deck it's all hands on deck for sure i know me working in the front i've walked back there they what they're walking around with puppies and mm -hmm. they're slapping the backs and they're you know shaking or rubbing them yep. and they're doing their thing back there you know trying to wake Waking up, up these those puppies. babies yep. yeah and they're doing so much and that there could be an emergency that comes in you mm -hmm. know at the same time i've seen them all hands on deck guys so shout out to south buffalo springs animal hospital the team you guys are doing great um definitely i'm i'm excited to be part of that and 
I'm sure. excited to see where your journey goes. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Oh, yeah. And I hope that, you know, you stick around with us. Of course. Or... I'm not going nowhere. I, that's a qu- <laughs> Let me answer that question. Because yes. I'm getting that goddamn yes. lie. I do not plan on leaving anytime <laughs> soon, okay? Like, I know that even if I was wanted to, Bivens will haunt me in my dream. <laughs> like, he, I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I love South Buffalo. I love Vegas. <laughs> I just got here. I want to, you know, I, I know there's a lot for me uh, looking forward. So, mm-hmm. and... Like I said, I've only been here for seven months, and I feel like I've learned a lot, and I've done a lot. So, And I know there's so much more that I'm supposed to do here before I ever think about leaving. So mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Vine, thank for being you, on thank our you. podcast. Um, I, you know, I got to do it for the ladies, though. Oh, my God. Okay? Because you know I work at the front. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, Man. I'm not even kidding you. We're going to we're gonna end this podcast. But yeah. I got to, I got to, I got to shout out the ladies, okay? Because <laughs> as, you know, I work in the front and, and, you know, like I'll get these ladies that come out of the, the room. They're like, oh, what's that doctor's name again? I'm like, oh, it's Dr. Vine. Oh, he is so good looking. Oh <laughs> so I've had multiple ladies ask Dr. Vine, oh you know, God. are you single? Are you single, ready to mingle? Yes, no, maybe <laughs> so. I'll answer on the next episode of the podcast. Oh, <laughs> dang. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see. I may, I may even show y'all who she is. Ooh. If there is a she. If, if there, there is, is somebody, somebody, I don't know. We'll see. Guess you guys will have to stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, we're going to end that with uh, Dr. Vine. And thank you for being on the podcast, Bully Visions. Um, you guys, I want to go ahead and say thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you for uh, your continued support. Remember to follow Bully Visions on Instagram, YouTube, and link in my bio. Uh, we'll take you to our podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. We are going to be here uh, for a long while. We are going to educate, help educate the bully community, um, the dog community, cats. We're going to get into a lot of stuff, guys. So um, as your host, Savannah, I would like to just say thank you. Yes, and yes. this episode, um, I, I, I tend to end with a quote, but this one I'm definitely going to just end with the dedication to Dr. Bivens. Yes, long um, live Bivens. Yes, long live Dr. Bivens. Um, Aaron Bivens, who was a friend, a mentor, a he's a father, Phenomenal he's man. a son of an amazing, uh, to amazing woman, um, and 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 man, uh, Mama Biv and Papa Biv. Um, so I dedicate this episode to him, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and end that with that. Count your blessings, guys. Love your loved ones, yes. and uh, take care. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Until next time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.